Someone on Fender, someone on bass. If those, if Fender might be a bass for all of them. It is. It is. <laughs> Fender makes basses. There's, there's Jeff injecting Jeff right there. <laughs> Musician Jeff on the board. It was super polarizing, but for a jump subject, just like on the whole Bernie meme thing and weekend meme thing, I think it's so funny that like these are the strategies used politically, like backtracking to the election, like AOC is on Twitch leading up to the election. Jill Biden is doing recipes on BuzzFeed. Like, this is so crazy to think of, like, four years ago that these are the avenues taken to try to win voters now. Right. It's insane. Well, because that's where people are, right? Yeah. Like, that's – everyone's on their freaking phone. So mm-hmm. why why on earth would I run a radio commercial? Why on earth would I, would I try to create some campaign for, you know, TV commercials? Like, no, no one's doing that. Like, it needs to be directly for Netflix or Peacock or all of these other freaking customized channels that you could have. Or just put it somewhere on the internet. Yeah. Put it on TikTok because that's literally where – I don't know how many uh, users it has, but I'm sure it's surpassed. I'm guessing it's surpassed Snapchat. Instagram. Oh, no, not Instagram. It's not Instagram. Daily, Instagram users, still daily the... users maybe, but not, not it's like but, sign-ups. But Snapchat, yeah. Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Who uses Snapchat? Snapchat's what the frig is in Snapchat? the dirt now. <laughs> yeah. Ew. But um, I don't know. I just think like Sway voters, like is watching, you know, Dr. Biden making a, a quiche going to like really be the deciding factor in your vote? Like that's always fascinating to me that like – Clearly, there's proven results that make them keep going through these things and going on these channels. But, like, to me as just a person, I'm like, yeah, watching that person on Twitch shouldn't really be what's going to sway my vote. No, it shouldn't. And we were talking about the halftime show. <laughs> we were, but no, that's great. I mean, that's that's the nature of things. It's yeah, like right. it's – things get memefied, right? Yeah. I think – I assume that's the term, right? It, it is now, right? Things get memefied, and then that is what becomes, like, reality, Right. Everything is based off of these memes now or our escape from reality or that. Right. right. It's an escape from that. Yes. The it's it's a I, full distraction. I am in distress because our our country's Capitol building was overrun. Um, yay. Let me let me play with, uh, you know, Bernie memes. Right. So I can I don't have to think about how the world's on fire. Or but, let me make memes of the photos and the videos of those events that yeah, are happening. The guy like, waving oh, with the podium, walking right. out with the podium. <laughs> right. The guy with the horns. And then SNL does a bit on this. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was just fun. It's like, uh, yeah. no, it's kind of crazy and serious. But you're right. It's a distraction. It's an escape. SNL has to just be like shaking their fists at a cloud like why can't we think of things as funny as like the ironical world we live in right now yeah really (laughs) it's insane with like how funny things maybe not funny to a lot of people but like you couldn't muster up making up the stories that have come about in the last five years politically no you really couldn't it's crazy i'm just watching from the sideline but it's it's all just fascinating to me so the super bowl is exposed to all kinds of people right um i'm watching it for the halftime show but Everyone else, I think, arguably, people that don't give a shit about football, they watch it for the ads, mm-hmm. right? So talk to me about the ads. What, what did you think about the commercials that were on the Super Bowl this year or even in years past, like, mm-hmm. as a comparison? What are your thoughts? I like to just, as a joke, I like to tell people the WeatherTech commercials were my favorite because if you watched it, they were just the most – they weren't good and they weren't bad. It would just be the most ridiculous answer to give people because, like – I was like, what do you – like, I don't even remember that ad. Like, the weather tech? It, it was yeah. not memorable in any ways. And I no. watched them. Like, there were, like, three of them. And I'm like, I'm going to tell everyone this is my favorite ad just to see the wheels spin in their head. Because it was just like – oh, it was like a Napa know-how, just like that kind of maintenance <laughs> thing. But it wasn't a catchy song. It was just like very much, this is what we do. And it was just vanilla. But I was like, this would just be really funny to tell people it was my favorite. But in terms of favorite, actually, I have to think a little more about, like, creatively the traditional ads, which one I like the best. But – I really got my attention caught by Reddit. I don't know if you 
followed the Reddit situation or not. Obviously, no. like, the Reddit Wall Street bet situation. Ah, but sure. The Super Bowl, they took out a five-second spot. And if you blinked, you missed it. No one really saw it. But then you went to the internet, and everyone's like, oh, my God, you catch the Reddit ad. And they were just betting big on that. So if you rewound, saw it elsewhere, paused it, it literally addresses everything. It's like, you know, we took a bet that, you know, we don't want to take out a 30-second spot. We believe in the power of Reddit. We think people are going to come back and look at this and pause it. And, like, this is what our community is all about. And, like, they hit the nail on the head. Wow. They spent a fraction of the cost on it. They probably got more notoriety than anyone else I thought from a creative standpoint. Like, a lot of ads don't stand out really well to me. I think a lot of stuff just gets so cheesy, like the Shaggy Cheetos commercial. Like, it just feels like such a cheap play to that get w- people's attention. That was, um, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah with Kutcher what's his name? Kunis. Kunis. Yeah, that was weird it it's was like real just, and it was just oh like it was it, super forced like ashton kutcher i thought you're supposed to be an actor like that was not good performing like what happened yeah we live in just the era of like reinventing the wheel like even like i hate to keep going back to snl but like when they're they hit a dry spell they, they bring the same characters back they do the same sketch and like you see it with movies everyone's retreading the same movies again yeah. and remakes and like even commercials can't be original at this point like uh geico everyone loves the whoop there it is commercial but like it's the same gimmick over and over from Geico now. Where you take you take a song pun and you spin it another way and redo it. Um, they did that other one, Two Tickets to Paradise, they've done before. But, like, yeah. they just put a new spin on what a song is about. Um, but I'm trying to think of other creative commercials that stuck out to me. Because in, in years past, right, the Super Bowl ads were, like, the shit. Like, right? Doritos and- was, like, just... They made a whole. They were genius about it. You'd yeah. have a sweepstakes about it. It was all organically built. The lead up, you know, you get all these views on YouTube of, you know, the eight finalists and then you see the winner on Super yeah. Bowl Day and they had it down to a T. And I honestly didn't mind their Matthew McConaughey commercial this year, but like it's been a while since you've seen something like that. Like to me, when you think Super Bowl, you think Doritos. I still think GoDaddy, just like yeah. it was out there, but it stuck with you. So like that's where my mind always goes, like the Coca-Cola polar bear. Like, yeah, I don't know, like the last few years, I don't know if it's because Maybe it could be because, you know, we get exposure to these ads ahead of time, too. Like, every ad is, is accessible on the internet beforehand, like the T-Mobile, Gronk, and Tom Brady commercial that everyone was That's loving. That's right. Yeah, th- something shifted, right, where they started because it was – they wanted to have hype before the Super Bowl, right? These these advertisers want you mm-hmm. looking at them sooner. And so, hey, well, look how creative we are. And, right, they would have it come out sooner. It It's an interesting shift to think how that creativity happened. And then it makes me wonder – well, obviously, why? Like, why are... Because I'm sure the value is still there, right? Uh, do you know how much it costs? I have no idea what it costs. I don't know what it... It goes up every year. I know it's it's in the millions for, like, a 30-second spot. Stupid amounts of Two money, million right? at least for... I mean, it could be way higher, but that's, what, like, the number I remember from, like, college. But my, my theory on why they do it this way now is because you're paying so much for it, because people are so sidetracked by their phones, they... Twofold, they don't want to risk spending that money and people not paying attention to it. So what you achieve by putting it out there beforehand is, A, people will see it, and two, if you're at a Super Bowl function and someone's seen it and, like, the first second comes on, they're like, oh, my God, this is funny. Everyone, look at this. Like, pay uh, attention to this. Like, that's that's why I think they do it. Yeah, it makes sense. The first, yeah, the, the news starts covering Super Bowl ads a month beforehand, right? So right. you put it out there early, you get your money's worth, yeah. right? It pays back your investment. But also, in this industry, the reality is we all deal with it. There's that creativity by by committee. 
things are focus grouped and things get beaten. The creativity and the uniqueness, the differentiation of the story, of the content gets beaten out of it, right? Yeah. It happens a lot. And so it, it lowers the quality of the ad. I just had a call about an ad. And luckily, the client, after a focus group, where people were unsure about it, she said, I'd rather be divisive, I'd rather be divisive than boring. Mm. Yes, some people don't like it. Great. Right. Great. I'd rather be divisive than boring. Yeah. God bless you. Take that risk. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, right, that you'd mentioned that there would be the distraction of people on the phones. Or even for me, like, I don't have cable, so I watch it. I I had to download the CBS app, Mm -hmm. right? So I had to go seek that. So... It's it's less accessible, arguably. I, I mean, because I'm just making a guess, right? That less and less people have cable, right? Yeah. I haven't right. had cable. I also in, streamed it yeah. in years, right? So you're streaming it. So it's like you have to seek it a little bit more. It is it is just an interesting thing how everything has shifted, and yeah, that point of right. I'm I'm on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Like I only watch. I hear the crowd do something, and then oh wait, what happened? Okay, cool. Or unless I'm with a group of people, but even that this year happened less and less. Right, and there's also no downside to releasing it early other than, like, maybe people are less excited seeing it the second time, but no one's putting paid dollars behind it. Usually, like, outlets love to pick that stuff up, like the eight Super Bowl ads, you know, that we love before the before the show starts. Mm-hmm. So, like, that stuff gets picked up organically and spread around like wildfire. And everyone likes to put rumors, like, is this ad banned beforehand? Like, oh, they like to yeah. – I, like, I don't know if – I don't even remember if the T-Mobile one ended up airing, but I know they at least position it as like, check out this banned ad from Too Tom much for Brady. TV. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah. it. All. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> super fun. Wait, watching the game, I know I know they had partial attendance of fans, but did they have blocked off sections with ads in it? They had blocked off kind of. like They, had, they blocked off seats and put like cardboard cutouts of people, right. but they also will cut out like the first few rows because they had to put a barrier on that and they would just cover those with like additional advertisers. Yeah, because I was thinking about it. I, I still watch hockey and they don't have anyone there. And some of these arenas have nothing in the stands. Mm. It's just empty seats. Yep. Right. What a waste. Yeah. What a waste of real estate, right? Add dollars right there. But I was watching Six Nations rugby and they, every seat, every section is covered with an ad, but it's just a logo. Every section is just a logo. No and I was thinking lines. like, what opportunity to do something fun, fun, mm. Like, not even just a tagline. I mean fun. Like, I was thinking of, like, Home Run Derby. It'll be, like, Burger King, and it'll have a Target or Taco Bell. It's like, yeah. if a ball hits here, we're going to give away a 1,000 tacos or something uh, like that. And then yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, hit the, hit the target. Oh, you just missed the target. Right. And I'm focused on Taco Bell, right? <laughs> all that, st- like, all that real estate, if if it is in for NFL Super Bowl, like, if uh, quarterback, if Brady scrambles and throws the ball away and it lands here and there's, like, a big giant basket, yeah. you know, and it's like, we'll, we'll donate a million dollars to, to charity of his choice. Then every time he scrambles, people are going to look to that section and go, oh, throw it in the basket, Brady. Just throw it in the basket. Right, just yeah. put it in the basket, You're going to give yeah. money to a charity. Throw it in the basket. Right, right. You know, and then everyone's going to be dedicated to that blank section of stands. The yeah. one little, like, less traditional media play that they did, which obviously was a paid ad, is, you know, the guy with the sign that, like, holds up the sign with, like, uh, a phrase on it. Yep. I don't know if you've ever seen that on Instagram. He's in New York. He, like, I... wears glasses, doesn't do anything, just holds up a oh, cardboard yeah, yeah. sign with, yep. like, something that everyone can relate to. So he was in the crowd, and coming out of commercial break, they shot to him with, like, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And I think it was, like, a Bud Light spiked lemonade oh. ad or something like that. Um, but that was, like, the one non-traditional media but it still activation. sounds horrible yeah and then like tony romo didn't totally understand what was going on who's announcing the game like of course he never heard of the guy with the sign and like everyone else knows what's going on he's like oh 
So here's okay. a random fan. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like he, he like, no one looped him in on this or anything. <laughs> and you could tell if it was intentional. Like he was just completely in the dark to what was going on. Yeah, and and it's interesting, right? To think about there's there's new ways, right? There has to be new ways that you think about advertising, and comparing that to I, I was kind of hinting at it before, right? But comparing that, you know, new ways of of media buying and and advertising versus older ways, right? Like TV, you would argue that maybe there's less value there. Radio, I mean, when's the last time you guys listened to the radio? It's been so like, like I couldn't like tell you the what... actual radio. You listen to podcasts. You listen to stuff like this. What we're doing yeah. right now, and that's and you're not even talking like Sirius XM. No, I'm not. I'm yeah. talking about like oh, 99.1 WPLR. I couldn't tell you music on the radio, but I used to listen to NPR until it just became about them raising money. All the, you know, oh, that's week. all it was. Right, yeah. right. It's like, all right, yeah, fine. All right, you guys, come yeah. on. I don't. I don't want the tote bag. All right. No, right. <laughs> right. Those those episodes. I do remember those episodes yeah. that would come up. You're like, oh, it's one of those days. Let's switch yeah. it over to something else. Yeah. But to think about that, right? That you know, is there actual value there, right? Are people going there? Or is it just a very specific target audience now that like people that listen to the radio and you know who they are and you're not going to reach them? Or you will still reach them because chances are they probably still have a phone. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think of traditional radio as just like old school, but you know, if you know what you're doing and it's the right audience, they are going to be engaged and they will have a high propensity to convert. If you do nail them on the head, I think same can be said with print. Like if you know who your audience is, they're older crowds. They have the time. They take the time to listen. They're not as blind to like an advertisement. Like even podcasts, like that's how we get targeted now. But everyone still kind of skips through them. So I like, do. Yeah, I, I, I listen with now with Joe Rogan on Spotify. You they play them in little sections, right? Whereas before, when you just had the regular podcast, you could skip forward, you know, seven minutes, whatever yeah. it was, and then start listening to it. Right now, you have to skip each separate right. individual ad, which is like for me now. I'm like. I'm just going to let it play because it's like I'm doing all this work now. Yeah, like yeah, I see exactly. what you guys did there. Or what some of them do is they have the host read it and not more so they have the host write it and, you know, they, they actually perform it, which if you enjoy your podcast, you actually want to listen to the ads. Some of them like the um, uh, smart list with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett mm-hmm. and um, can't forget the other guy's name, the guy from uh, Will and Grace. It's a really fun podcast, but then they do the ads. They perform it. Yeah. And like, AutoZone. If anyone listens to it, you want to listen to an AutoZone ad yeah. because the guy is really the guys are really funny, in it, yeah. you know, and it's engaging. I want to hear the ad because I want to hear what jokes they have this time, and I want to hear how they they play up their bits about one guy not knowing cars. You know, give it to the professionals. Yeah, have let them have fun. Let them connect with the audience who wants to be connected with. Right. You know, because they they I've already accepted this content. I've already you know signed up to hear this. So now we, when they say an ad, I believe you. I yeah, trust you. Exactly. Right. I signed up to listen to you. I downloaded you. Right. I pressed play. So if you say it's okay, I'm in. Right. right. Yeah. And Another, it, can't, it can't just sound like you're just reading off a, a teleprompter. No. It's got to be like, I use this. You know, I love it. My kids love it. Stuff right. like that. And like yeah. really sell it. Like this is how I apply it or use it. Talking like a, a, a CPG product or something. Yeah. But part of my take does a real good job. Obviously, it's a different audience. It's like frat boys and, and young 20s. But it's like... Oh yeah, manscaping. I use it to to trim up when I have a hot date and like all the stuff. They sell it like it's not like they understand that that's what's putting money on the table. So don't half-ass it. Right. 
Right. I, yeah, I, I think about, again, just referencing Joe Rogan's, like when he says, you know, we're brought to you by the motherfucking Cash App. Like, <laughs> I remember that because he says the motherfucking Cash I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and you need someone like the Cash App or like AutoZone, right, or the Manscaping products, like, to be okay with that, right? To say, yes. like, you do, right. like, you do you, yeah. sell my product how you think your audience is going to want it versus me, corporate, dictating to you, well, here are the points we'd like you to touch upon. It's like, no. Just give me 15 seconds like we agreed upon and sell it. Right. Because now I respect, as a consumer, Cash App more yes. because they let him say motherfucking oh, Cash App. Yeah, absolutely. And There's trust right there. It's like, oh, you guys are cool. AutoZone's freaking cool. All right. Yeah, I'll go down there next time. Yeah. And Tom Segura and his wife's podcast, like they had a big deal with McDonald's who clearly did not do the research on like what they talk about on this podcast. And one episode in, they pulled the entire deal out, which like sucks. You just lost millions of dollars. But at the same time, like... If you're associating your brand to us, like understand who you're associating your brand to. Like you have yeah. to do research on your end. We're, we you know we're very happy that you gave us millions of dollars, but like we're not going to change our platform over an advertiser. And it's not if it's not true to you, you just kind of got to part ways. That's that's really interesting, right? Because then it just all they were doing was looking at numbers, right? Yeah, that's it. So my question for you is: Are numbers the only thing that matters? Clearly, the answer is no. But like, wh- what is your thought on just numbers alone? I mean, I know Pete always said this thing. I forget the exact number, if it's 100 or 1,000, but he's like, you want whatever number is you need. Like, super fans will make your business. So don't focus on, you know, multi-millions. If it's, you know, you have 4 million followers and you look at a post and 400,000 or 4,000 are engaging or something, like, clearly something's off in how they align with their audience. But also, like, you need the super fan attachment. You need something that... Yeah. It's so much more valuable if I have 20,000 followers and I know every time I put something out, it's going to lead to 500 purchases than have a million and not really have that correlation between, you know, the product you're selling and what I stand for. Like it used to be effective just because, okay, CPMs wise, that's 4 million impressions. I'm paying this much. It kind of balances out the value that I'd get from traditional media. What are CPMs, Jeff? Uh, cost per thousand impressions, which cost don't per... ask why it's called CPM. Sure, sure. <laughs> I guess M is the Roman numeral for a thousand. I think someone told me that once. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, in my in my dumb head, if I want to dumb myself down here, I was like, maybe someone was just like impressions. Impressions. <laughs> 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 Please, next time a client asks that, what does that stand for? Cost for impressions. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so CPMs, right? If I've got a big number, right? I'm an influencer and, and I've got a million followers and I get 20,000 or 50,000 impressions, right? Then that's all someone's going to care about, right? So those CPMs mattered, right? Engagement become a, a more important metric to a lot of people just because there's obviously a lot of bots and inactive users that you know, right. followed you once. And it's not like everyone's doing a sweep. It's like, oh, this person hasn't used social media in four years. We're going to take them off of this account as a follower so engagement numbers matter but really just aligning with who you are with the relevant brands like is gonna matter the most like i know harvest kitchen some baked by harvest it's like the really popular food person on there that's like so popular but if they were there promoting like tobacco like i don't think there's really a correlation there no matter what your engagement is or impressions at the end of the day so Data matters, engagement matters more, which is just another form of data. But there's just also that instinct of knowing, you know, what category do they play in? How engaged are their followers as terms of, you know, have we tested this out where they're engaged on a baseline level or do they actually convert down the line? But really just aligning your brand to who your people are is is really what's going to matter the most. I mean, I've seen 
my my girlfriend personally follows a lot of micro influencers. So the smaller, you know, 20,000 to 40,000 range, and she will take what they say to heart because a lot of it feels more organic. You honestly don't know if it's an ad more times than not. Yes. Um, and that's like, that shapes a lot of her purchasing behaviors. It's just this person, I really like how they live their life. So if, if they'll abide by this product, I will. Not like Kim Kardashian, she'll promote anything if the price tag's high enough. Absolutely, right. It's the the authenticity, right? That's the exactly. buzzword, but it's real. It, it's it's a buzzword because I think it's applicable, right? Is that I genuinely, and, and the micro-influencer, right? That, that makes sense as a term, right? Because it's not millions, it's right, some X thousand, right? And you're right. I think I would rather have, you know, 5,000 people that are super devoted to what I'm doing mm-hmm. than 100,000 that could give a shit, you know, that followed me for the one viral thing that I did. And okay, yeah, maybe you didn't do anything else after the fact. But I have this loyal group of people that will respond, right? That will engage. And it that's also, always more valuable. And it also depends what you're selling. If it's a product that, you know, like a shampoo or something you have to buy, like that lifetime, that lifetime value is so much stronger that. Yeah, hundred people. If if they're that loyal and they'll keep repurchasing it, it's totally worth it, and it, it's yeah. usually exponentially more worth it that direction. That's interesting, right? So then, in, all right. So if if numbers don't really matter, I would say they don't. They, they matter. Well, just... well, well, I was just about to say. <laughs> then when do they matter, right? So like, what is it like? They they do and they don't. So what is it that if if you're having a conversation with someone, right, and they're like, hey, the numbers aren't where we want them, how does that conversation go? Like, is it hey, the numbers don't matter? Here's what really matters. If you're talking between like an agency and an influencer, yeah, an influencer or a client, you know, usually it very much will dial back to an influencer, just literally being like, "Well, you don't know who your audience is." <laughs> it's honestly the most normal response you're going to get. Like, they, like they, I did what I was supposed to do. You right. could say maybe you half-assed it. You know, who's giving you the creative? Are you, you know, taking a video yourself using it, or are we just giving you an asset to post on your wall? Like those variances are very different. Does it match their aesthetic? Does it match who they are? I think, you know, it works the best if they're using the product or holding the product. If you're just shipping them an asset and trying to grab their followers, I don't think it's really going to work for anyone that well. But if all things considered, you think you did your research and due diligence and, you know, the media feels correct for the person, they're immediately going to come back and be like, you just must not know your audience. Right. And that that kind of leads me to my next thought, right, is then it comes down to the creative, right? What is what is it that this influencer or this this you know agency right needs to do to create some sort of captivation right like to get you to look at that to pay attention to that is it aligned with the brand is that influencer doing something that's either true to them that is immediately associated with that brand so if it's a shampoo thing like I'm talking about beauty and, and healthcare so like I'm now talking about shampoo it's like oh that makes sense. Versus like some fitness person, it's like, oh, yeah, now I've got this shampoo. This is what I use every time after the gym. Like, okay, maybe. Or then you have someone who's like a food, right? Like a foodie. And they're like, oh, yeah, I love this shampoo. It's like, why are you talking about shampoo? Like, that's real weird right now. Yeah. So so how is it that we can get, I, I guess just, just my thought, right? How is it that we can explain to someone, right? Numbers don't matter, but maybe there are these other areas that matter, right? The, the creative, that the visual element of that. James, what are your thoughts? Uh, I was just thinking about how uh, I didn't really have a, any thoughts. You're hoping going to go to me first? <laughs> no, no. I was thinking, I was like, this is like how the last episode went, where it went deep in this, and I just started getting distracted, and I was like, technically we're late to another meeting. Uh, so I was like, I was actually thinking, I was like, if I just stood up and walked and out. Away. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's James going? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. We are. Right. Yeah. Would that be a problem if I just walked out of the meeting? We do have yeah, another Yeah. That's meeting. exactly what I was thinking at that moment. So when you turned and asked me, I was like, sure. uh. <laughs> uh, So, right. Creative does matter. 
yeah. numbers numbers do matter and and i think you, you kind of summarized it right that it's it's what an influencer would say is you need to know your audience yeah right? and you'll, you'll see i mean there'll always be outliers where it's like well this person's not engaged with this audience but they had the volume and the conversions came you also see one where you know someone skyrockets that has a hundred followers and just gets picked up traction elsewhere so obviously every method you know could potentially work but considering the the norm and the most you know the, the, what the trends tell you the most honest way to do it is just to, to understand who their audience is what they're selling what they're truly about at the root even like even if it even if it's someone who's food you know if they just come off as a sincere individual they might be selling something that's not directly correlated as closely but you just take their sincerity as like oh they wouldn't just pawn off a product they don't believe in so there could be some flexibility there's not there's not a hundred percent a right or wrong answer but i would say based on kind of the super fan theory that you would rather just get people who you understand have a tried and true following other than just you know maybe they're following this person because they look good without a shirt on or because they're uh, an athlete that's very skilled you just want that person who comes off very sincere and engaging and also the last piece is you know who is actively out there engaging with their community? Who is, you know, taking questions on their story? Who is responding to comments? All of that stuff just just makes for a, a really engaged following for that follower. That's a great way to end it right there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us next time for when we're going to continue the conversation. And it sounds like we're going to incorporate a little bit more content creation. So uh, follow us on the social medias, at Digital Surgeons, everywhere you can find us, including TikTok now. You can name this episode uh, Cost Per Impressions. Mm, that's a good title. <laughs> Cost Per Impressions. <laughs>